Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening. up those borrowed thoughts as you scrape out pieces of caged-in mind. Seek out and attack that point of no return, where you'll smother empty miles with spreading wings to pass secluded car dreams on a ten-speed freedom flyer. When you start to feel that tingle down your spine and these wheels start to spin There ain't no place I would rather be right now When our journey's bound to begin All your doubts and hesitations Yeah, you're listening to the Arabug Radio Show here at 3CR. That's 855 on the AM dial, podcasting, streaming, or listening on that lovely valve transistor in the kitchen. Many thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now!, the quarantine report. A wonderful look into American political lifestyle. I would recommend Democracy Now! to anybody. But we're here to improve the quality of your solitude. So tune in, you're off the bike. We've got a couple of interesting things coming up. A little bit of political activism is on board, and we've also always got a lovely little bike. So unclip, get the heart rate down, and come along for the ride. And joining us on the bicycle, oh no, it's a, what do you call, no, we're two tandems riding along together. Faith, good morning. Good morning, Val. Jenica, good to see you again. It's a pleasure to see you again, Val. And Moses, nice to meet you. Thank you for having me on your show, Val. Ah, that's easy, that's easy, that's easy. Hey, listen, we always start the show with a little bit of a bike moment, and says I'm uh, revved up and ready to go. Look, I didn't think many 
we know we've got a 5k radius and how do you ride around your 5k radius and get your, you know, exercise in. One of my lovely roadie friends and tour tragic picked out five spots on the circle around his 5k to make a hexagram, made them points of the, of the Tour de France. One day rode it clockwise, the next day anti-clockwise, which I thought was a really good way to actually, you know, add a little sort of spice to, you know, <laughs> his normal ride. Faith? Ah, oh, my bike moment. Okay. So this is, um, I think I mentioned I finally succumbed to Zwift and I've been riding on a, a vintage steel bike on a vintage trainer which has been great. I could uh, really easily, apparently, according to Swift, crank out 400 watts with not much effort at all. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, I had the chance to buy secondhand a smart trainer. It's the um, Tax Satori. So it's at the, the bottom of the range of smart trainers. But since they're impossible to get at the moment, I thought I will do that. And I've been trying to calibrate it. And it's only when you try and Google why you can't calibrate it that you realise no one seems to have been able to catch it in the last six months since the app was updated. So now if I really, really bust myself and put both my knees in danger, I can maybe get to 75 watts. So I have both, both bikes set up and I can either be hammering it or uh, just grinding my way along even on the pits. That's, yeah, that's my bike moment. Frustration. Uh, all right. Jenica, you're, Jenica, you're a bit practised in this, so you've got to go next. Oh, okay. Well, um, I had a, a lovely bike moment yesterday. Um, my husband and I are actually living with my in-laws at the moment, Um COVID related, you know, life changes and all that. And because we've been getting out and about and doing bike rides at lunchtime and that sort of thing, my mother-in-law has been looking at us and going, oh, maybe I'd like to try riding a bike again. It's probably been about 20 years, I think, since she's been on a bike and she's never been much of a rider. So um, I pulled out my old, old mountain bike, my 15-year-old mountain bike, which was always a little small for me and my mother-in-law is much shorter than I am. So I pulled that bike out put the seat down as far as it would go, pumped the tyres up and um, she sort of, you know, wobbled down the driveway a little bit. But this, the look on her face was priceless. And then she got to the end of the driveway and just kept going and um, <laughs> did a nice big loop around the block. And 20 minutes later, she came back huffing and puffing and her legs burning, but she looked pretty enthused. So I think we might have um, got a convert there. <laughs> Janica. Jenica, can I, I've experienced that a fair bit, you know, whether at uh, selling bikes to people or at second chance cycles, there's a particular look on their face. Yes. When that joyful moment, they, they actually can't control it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I've, I've watched somebody ride three different bikes in the space of a half an hour, and then on, the, on one of them come back with a smile on her face that she could, she could not control. And you see it over and over again. It's lovely. When you see it, it just stands out, doesn't it? And I managed to video her as she came 
back home. So as she sort of rounded the last corner and came up towards the driveway, I got some nice little footage of her. <laughs> I got to say the smile was tempered a little bit by the huffing and puffing at that point, but. <laughs> you don't have to be this good about this, Moses. You know that, don't you? It's not a competition. <laughs> I was ready to compete, but uh, I knew I was going to lose the competition. <laughs> And in Australia, we all love graceful losers. You'll recognise that. <laughs> right. Um, for me, I was trying to think of a good story. And um, just remember a couple of days ago, I've got two kids, two boys, and um, one of my, my eldest son bought his mountain bike when he was, I think, year five. And he loved it so much. He spent a lot of money on it. And... Um, he has outgrown it, he's now almost 22, and um, I couldn't bear putting it on the street, you know. And um, yep. so I kept it, we kept it outside for a while, and um, our neighbor's son saw it. He said, that's a nice bike. I said, well, if I fix it up, and will you ride it? He said, oh, yeah, yeah. He's got a very small bike. I think he's in year five or year six. And we live on top of a hill, so, uh, and there's a court that, backs out onto the trail. So I always see people riding up, not riding, walking up the hill because it's very steep, maybe about 15%. So okay. <laughs> not, not, not many people can ride it. So um, I did fix it up and um, gave it to him. And um, I was very impressed. Um, about three days ago, I saw him struggling and trying to get trying to ride up the hill and his mom and dad were trying to encourage him and he finally managed to climb the hill for the first time. So I was very, very proud and excited. It was like I'm watching Tour de France. So. <laughs> cool bike moments. I remember I lived uh, as a kid on a house just at the top of the hill and it was always because my bike was single speed. That was my measure like when I sort of could get to ride up the hill without having to get off. So. <laughs> yeah, I had the same challenge at um, my last house. Our driveway was about 100 metres long and I think it was about 10% gradient. And so at the end of every ride, I have I get home and, you know, you've got to face this massive hill. <laughs> and then at first, you know, when I started riding to work, um, I would get to the bottom of my driveway and dismount and walk up. But, you know, that was my big challenge that I had to ride up my driveway at the end of each day. And after a little while I got there and then I just did it every time. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a bit disheartening at the end of a long day of work. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Janika and Moses, I mean, we've got you on the show today because you're both standing for election in the Bicycle Network Board elections coming up. Maybe um, we'll start with you, Moses, since we don't know you as well as Janika, but maybe start off by telling us a bit about yourself and why you've decided to stand for the Bicycle Network Board. Yep. Um, thank, thank you very much for inviting me to your show, Faith and Val. Um, as you all know, my name is Moses Chitima. I am running for board with uh, Janika Brook. Um, I am a commuter. I ride almost every day. Um, how I started riding is a long story, but um, 
it was mainly due to just having fun. I enjoy being on the bike and um, I think about 15, 12, 13 years ago, I moved over to Australia about 15 years ago when I migrated for work. My, uh, my work involved a lot of travel um, around, around the world, around Australia, being in, in, in planes and airports all the time and never got time to, to do an exercise and exercises. And um, over time, I, I, I lost fitness and uh, I wanted to get back to fitness and I started riding more often and uh, riding with my family. I enjoy more riding with the family, with the kids and, and my wife. My wife only rides up to 5Ks, <laughs> um, but we always uh, enjoyed. And I took up uh, commuting uh, after um, attending one of the uh, Bicycle Network uh, Ride to Work programs. Um, they used to come to our workplaces and, and talk about right to work and it's something we always look forward and uh, from there on I started commuting to work and I found it much more um, enjoyable than using the train. I used to commute by train. I found, found it more enjoyable. The challenges I had was safety um, and uh, but the camaraderie of cyclists where people you, can, you could talk to people while you're cycling. You could say hello to people. When you're on the train, you hardly talk to anyone. Everybody's on their iPods and, and stuff. But uh, when you cycle or, or you're on the trails, you get to, to chat with people and uh, you, you make good friends. And uh, some friends that will you know, live long, that you'll be with for, for a very long period. So um, from there, I started uh, participating in other events like like um, around the bay, for example, um, Three Peaks. Um, I also started encouraging other people to, to ride. I found it as a very good way of um, starting your day, riding to work, and also a most efficient way of doing things. Like we, we use the bike to go shopping and stuff. Um, it's quicker, it's more effective. You're, you're only using a 10 kilo, 12 kilo bike rather than a two ton car to get to the shops, which is two k's away. So I always find it very, very um, more enjoyable and, and, and more effective and efficient. Um, started getting more people from our work to do to ride as well. The biggest challenge they've always had is, um, is, is, is bike safety and also worry that, you know, for you to ride, you need so many things, you know, you need an expensive bike you need to, to buy special clothing and we've been always trying to encourage no no you just need a two wheels and a bike that you can pedal if the hill is too hard you can always walk there's always that option so you shouldn't be worried about that so through cycling i've met so many people i have just changed the way i do things it has changed my life if i'm looking for a job a new job i always look at can I cycle there? Is there end of trip facilities? Can I change? So it's, it's now sort of like a lifestyle. And I would like to share that experience. I would like to see more people riding. I would like to see more family riding. Um, and uh, as I said, I've met so many people, uh, very great people and met so many friends just through cycling, commuting to work. And over weekends, I do weekend rides with friends and family as well. And I also like tour cycling way I can tour places with the bike I go on holidays with the bike I always like riding to my holidays with the bike so um, I thought it's an opportunity to give back to the to this to the uh, cycling community um, that I also much to I think I have benefited more than anyone in cycling and it would be a good thing to to share that and also get myself fully involved I've been involved but at least uh, put more time in getting more people uh, uh, into cycling and I thought uh, Bicycle Network which I've been a member for almost I think almost eight to, to ten years I'm sure 
um, is a good opportunity. It's a, it's a progressive organization as I see it and uh, it has been doing so many good things, but there's still room for more things to be done to get more people riding. And Janika, I mean, some of our listeners will already know you. Uh, you've been quite active in cycling advocacy in Melbourne and we uh, did have you on the show a, f a few times, in, including for last in the lead up to last year's uh, elections. But maybe give us uh, the Janika Brooks story for those who haven't uh, known about you before. Oh, so I guess... Um my cycling journey really started about five or six years ago when I, um, I started riding to work because my office moved out of the CBD just, you know, uh, to Collingwood. And um, that was enough of a, a change from, you know, having to catch a train to having to catch a train plus a bus or a tram. And I just sort of thought, oh, sounds like a lot of work. So I decided to pull out my old bike that had been sitting in the shed for about 10 years and um, start riding writing to work instead and um, I guess I just sort of caught the bug from there I really enjoyed writing um, every day to work I, I felt like it was just a really nice way to start the day it wakes you up in the morning it's a good way to de-stress at the end of a long day at work as well um, but you know soon enough I started to notice a few things like you know when drivers are mean to you and yell at you and stuff and I'd be like well I didn't think I was doing anything wrong why is that person yelling at me and starting to educate myself a bit about laws and road rules and advocacy and that sort of thing. And um, then I guess I got really involved in cycling safety advocacy when the um, minimum safe passing distance legislation was being discussed back in uh, 2016. Um, the public consultation for that happened around the same time I'd had uh, a pretty nasty close pass experience on my way home from work on a Friday night and someone with their passenger um, sticking their arm out the window trying to hit me on my bike and I just thought of, I've had enough and I need to get involved because it's easy to sit back and complain from the sidelines but if you don't actually try and do anything about it nothing will ever happen so um, yeah I started up uh, my little Facebook page, Melbourne Commuter, back then, just to, as a way of advocating for the safe passing distance legislation changes. Um, and yeah, since then, I've just been working with different community groups where I can to try and influence things and um, working with councils to try and influence the way that they do bike lanes and things like that. Um, so yeah, as you said, Faith, I, I ran for the Bicycle Network Board uh, last year as well. Um, hopefully this year I might be successful. Um, my aim in trying to join the Bicycle Network board is really, I guess, to give something back to the community a little bit, like what Moses was saying. You know, the cycling community has been such a wonderful thing to be a part of, and um, I'd like to be able to do more and, and do more good. Um, I think that... Uh, Bicycle Network's been doing more advocacy in the last sort of 12 months than what I'd seen previously. So I'm, I'm encouraged by the direction that they seem to be heading lately. Um, but yeah, there's still so much more to do. And I think especially in this moment in history with, you know, there's a lot of talk about needing more space for cycling and walking um, in the face of a pandemic. And I think we have a historical moment that we need to make the most of to try and 
you know, get more space allocation for cycling and, and for walking as well. I sort of see these things going hand in hand. And we can see that the city of Melbourne is doing a lot in this space, but not all councils are. And there's certainly not a state level kind of um, combined effort or, you know, a state level vision from the, the government. So there's a lot more to be done. And it's an exciting time, I think, to maybe have a bit more public support for this sort of stuff to get more done. And so what do you see the board being, what would you like in terms of uh, giving back? Um, what would you like to see the, the board and bicycle network doing in, in, in that respect? I guess I'd like to see them working um, more collaboratively with local community groups and bugs. Um, I think there's a lot of energy and passion out there in the community that maybe isn't being harnessed um, in the most effective way that it can be. Um, I know Bicycle Network have a long history of um, working with the bugs, um, but I feel like there's a bit of a disconnect in what some small groups are trying to do versus what Bicycle Network's doing. I think there could be better collaboration there. Um, I'd also like to see Bicycle Network working more with the state government to try and get a coordinated response to things like the the coronavirus um, space allocation kind of question you know when you see state the council's doing things like the city of melbourne is doing but there's a a real lack of action at the state level i think that that's where bicycle network can have a role to play in trying to influence those sorts of things um, i think there's also a lot that they can do on the legislative side of things things like the safe passing distance legislation has sort of fallen by the wayside in the context of discussions about social distancing, wouldn't that be a good time to bring that conversation back <laughs> around to talk about it again, you know? Um, and, you know, there's the, the classic uh, ongoing issue of driver education and, and that sort of thing. But um, I think there's also um, more that we could be doing in tax incentives as well. So, you know, helping commuters get on their bikes. There's a lot of examples around the world of, um, you know, providing a tax incentive for individuals for riding their bikes to work, but also for workplaces to help them invest in end of trip facilities and that sort of thing. And things, I think Yarra Council, Mall and Council have already got those schemes set up. A lot of, of businesses have. Moses, look, at there used to, there's always three good rules of activism, I think. You wake up, you speak up, and then you show up. So, I'd like to dip my lid to both you two because you're showing up for this for a start. And it's important that people actually, after seeing things happen, decide to actually take action into their hands. Moses, the only bad news I've got for you is I think cycling's a, a disease curable by death only. <laughs> so once you get it, you just don't stop it. And I think once you become an activist like this, you don't stop it either. Jenica, you don't walk past that person anymore, do you? You know, when it happens again, that's enough. Yep, that's right. Once you get that bug for trying to see change, it's, it's very hard to stop, that's for sure. And look, the, I've got to, you've touched on it there a bit, Jenica. I think, it, especially at this time, I think there's a chance now for grassroots activity to be heard by the, t the, the, the top 
instead of being a little top driven driven this is a much better chance to actually be a much more democratic and a much more open and, and i'm going to say bicycle victoria has fallen short of this they want to top drive everything uh, you need to listen to something that's bubbling up and uh, <clears throat> sorry um you're standing as a pair for the election. So most members have, members have two votes and you're asking that they vote for the two of you. So clearly you're, you found that you share uh, some common goals and ideas about what you'd like to see. Uh, yes, yes, thanks Faith. I think we, we, we do share the same um same ideals, same goals. Um, the main ones are we we need bicycle network to start um, involving more of the grassroots levels. I think while it's they're doing a very great job, I think involving more more grassroots level, uh, getting more gra grassroots level support, involving more grassroots like bugs, uh, and even councils involving more people at, at the down level. I think brings more uh, people to start riding bikes. The challenge we have is uh, at the moment, Bicycle Network is doing a good good work in terms of um, getting uh, stakeholders like governments and councils involved, but the challenge has been, um, I think, uh, getting smaller groups involved. And, and I think that's where it starts. And that's where how Bicycle Victoria, as Val said, started, started with very small groups from community groups and building up. So um, getting those involved, I think we'll get more more numbers and members. I think the more members we have, I think the 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 the, the, um, the louder our voice is when we are talking to other stakeholders like governments, state governments, and, and councils. And uh, me and um, Jenica, we all we all ride bikes every day. We are we are commuters. And um, talking as commuters, we we realize that safety is of paramount importance, and state government is aware of that. If you read their state government cycling strategy uh it it, it says many people maybe 60 percent of people don't ride because they don't feel safe and uh trying to driver education is one way to help I, and we but we still think that um safe passing distance is very important and paramount i, I remember i was riding with my son from the city uh back home, you usually take the train and would ride back. And his biggest challenge was cars passing too close to him and he would actually struggle. So asking him to ride is now 15 and asking him to ride on the road is not gonna ride on the road. If we don't have many um, cycleways and if we have them, they just end where you don't expect and there's nothing else, you know, you just get to an end and that's it. And so having better infrastructure, putting more legislative, um, laws for drivers or even for cyclists so that it becomes safer for every every road user is, is one aspect that we encourage more people to, to start riding. Uh, look, I'm just going to say I've got a friend who's standing for Yarra Council at the next council meeting and he knows I'm um, completely obsessed about bicycles and bike lanes and how they go together. And he said, you know, how should I think about bikes? I said, Don, the aim is you haven't got a safe system until I can ride my eight-year-old daughter five kilometres to work, to her school and then my work. That's what it means to be safe. So you work out how to get there 
That's what I think is safe. And that's not an unreasonable ask. I don't think it is. No. Yeah, I agree. And I, 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 I do agree. How, what you mentioned there, Val, about a safe system is really important that um, we need to be looking at these things as a holistic system. It's part infrastructure. It's part laws and road signs and things like that. It's part behaviour. Um, and, you know, I think when people start to focus on things like, you know, uh, cyclists wearing their helmets and, and that sort of thing, that's when we're getting a bit off track of what actually makes a difference. And so having that whole systemic approach is, is really what I'd like to see. Um, and it starts with infrastructure. That's obviously the big ticket item. So we need to definitely see a bit more progress on that. And so if people want to have a look at um, your statements or what you're standing for with respect to the election, where can they find those? Uh, so it's on the Bicycle Network uh, website. Yeah. So it's under the governance section of Bicycle Network website. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.